Albert Pujols joins the elite in baseball history. Protests are getting violent in Iran, but the Biden administration continue to, continues to negotiate them over that stupid nuclear deal, and the FBI continues to prove that they're being weaponized. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbass Talking Politics. Hey, what better way to start a show than that? Albert Pujols has become only the fourth player in the history of baseball to have 700 home runs. The other guys on the list, Babe Ruth, Hank Aaron, and Barry Bonds, who cheated. So I really don't give a damn that Barry Bonds was in it. Though Barry Bonds, I think, was at the part watching. Now, I've been lucky enough to watch Pujols play since I started watching baseball. I, I remember watching him when he was a rookie. I mean, the guy was a monster. Um, I got to watch him when he played with the Cardinals. He played with, he played against the Dodgers quite a bit. And then he played for the Dodgers, and I got to watch him while he played for the Dodgers. Um, it's kind of amazing that he did this. Now, Pujols is like 44 years old. He's not young. And his last few years in his career have gone downhill. That's why he's retiring at the end of the year. He needed 21 home runs at the start of the season to reach this. The stat casters sat there and gave him, get this, a 7% chance to actually get to 700. Because he's going to retire, which I would have personally thought the guy would have played for another year. But he, but he was going to retire. Um, and at the end of the year, they didn't think he had 21 home runs in him. Sure enough, he's hit 21 home runs. Now, the reason this is a big deal for me is that Albert Pujols is one of the nicest guys in Major League Baseball ever. I've been to games and he's talking to fans. He will hand you the shirt off his back when he gets kicked out. I mean, there when he uh, leaves the game. He is notorious for this. Really easy. The guy will talk to you. Um, he talks to everyone. There are hundreds of videos of him talking to kids. Just one of the nicest guys in baseball. I am really happy for him. I, I just I just wish that and another guy who I think is a fantastic guy, who I'm praying he hits he gets his 61st home run. I was hoping he'd get it this weekend, he didn't, is Aaron Judge of the New York Yankees. Now, I hate the Yankees, but I like Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge seems like a very personable guy. He seems like a really nice guy, and he will be the only one to truly break Maris's record. Now, you remember, there are three other guys that broke Maris's record of 61 home runs. Barry Bonds, who had like 70, 75, I think it was, uh, Mark McGuire, and who had 70, and then there was um, Sammy Sosa, who had 66. Now, I don't count any of those guys, and there's reason those guys aren't in the Hall of Fame. They were all on steroids. I mean, Barry Bonds' head grew like a, like a cabbage with all the steroids he'd been taking. So I don't consider those guys Maris 
worthy. I do not consider Maris worthy. But when Aaron Judge hits that 61st and 62nd home run, we will finally be watching someone break Maris's record. And that's what I'm really hoping for. I hope he does. They say that uh, he's kind of on a bad streak right now. I mean, he's hitting the ball like crazy. He just hasn't hit a home run. I think he's averaging two hits a night. But he just hasn't gotten it up high enough to get it out of the out of the field. But I'm just hope I, I have a feeling what's going. He gets some bunches, and they said, but he's now on a six game streak where he hasn't hit a home run. But what could end up happening? It's still wa- worth watching. There's still I think 12, 10 games left. He gets them in bunches. So I'm expecting either this week. I expect him this week to get it. But I wouldn't be shocked. He hits one home run, he does what Pujols does, hits two home runs that same night. Just when he relaxes, he ties the record. I think that's what's going to end up happening. So congratulations to Albert Pujols. Go Aaron Judge. I really want to see him break that record. So let's go over a little bit of news. Not stories I'm really going to sit back and and talk too much about, but Edward Snowden, uh, the American spy who gave American secrets to WikiLeaks, and then ran off like a wussy to Russia, to Russia, finally got Russian citizenship from Vlad Putin. Now, I know that, that there's a lot of people think that Snowden is a good guy because he pointed out a lot of the problems with the federal government. I get that. I get that. And I understand that. I understand why they think this, that he should have been allowed to come back to the United States. What I don't like about him, he's a traitor, as far as I'm concerned. He should be hung by a yardarm. And I mean that literally. He should be hung by a yardarm because he is a traitor. A lot of spies were arrested and killed because of what this guy actually leaked. And a lot of military secrets were leaked. So as far as I'm concerned, he's a piece of crap. But, okay, well, he's now a Rus- he's Russia's problem. There, in other news, there's a Category 3 hurricane right now heading towards Tampa in Florida, Tampa Bay in Florida. It's looking pretty bad. It's at Category 3. It's expected to get to Category 4. Wind speeds have gone up from 75 miles an hour to 125 miles an hour. They're expecting about a 10-foot flood surge where this thing hits land. Um, a state of emergency has already been declared by Ron DeSantis, uh, and he fears the flooding big time. He said that the evacu- that evacuations have been ordered on the pathway. If you don't know what 10 feet is, that is huge. That is a huge storm surge. So imagine you see the houses on other storms where the houses are covered with water. That's what could happen. I mean, let's face it, 10 feet, that means you're going to have a story if, it, if water was a building, it'd be a story of water. So it's going to be ugly. The cur- hurricane is already on its way. They're not sure. They're pretty sure it's going to hit Tampa Bay, but they're not 100% sure. So it should be out tomorrow morning by about 2 a.m. It should actually hit Florida. So God only knows what it did to um, Puerto Rico. We know what it did to Puerto Rico. It's right over Cuba right now. Oh, God only knows what it's doing to Cuba because their infrastructure sucks already. So we'll have to see. And finally, in kind of good news, so NASA has developed this program called DART. 
And the idea with this DART program is to be able to shoot a missile at a planet or a spaceship at a asteroid and deflect it. So any asteroid that's heading to Earth, they want to develop a program that will actually deflect that asteroid. So they sent up a, a ship. I don't know if it was a missile or a ship. It, they called it a ship. So I'm assuming it's a ship. It looks like a ship. And this thing was going for an asteroid way out there called, I think it's Dionysus or something like that. And so we were watching it yesterday, and you actually watched the ship crash into the um, the asteroid. Now, what was kind of cool about it is y you actually saw the thing going right at it, and the only time it lost transmission was when it hit the asteroid. It was really neat to see what the asteroid looked like. It was just how rocky it was, and it was a it was a pretty amazing thing to watch. Now. Again, that doesn't really do anything. All they wanted to do is see if they could steer it into the asteroid. And they did. So it was a big celebration yesterday. This is the first program of its kind to protect Earth from um, foreign objects and space objects. So good job for them. But the science, the sciencing is now just beginning. So we have to have a Kamalaism. There has to be. And this one comes courtesy of a 16-year-old climate activist from New Zealand named Izzy Cook, okay? Now, she's crazy, all right, as 16-year-olds typically are. That's why we shouldn't listen to them. But people in, people in New Zealand are listening to this dumb broad. She's one of these people that wants to basically get rid of fertilizers and cut down the cow population by 50% by 2030 or something crackpot like that. She also wants to eliminate travel completely. You can't fly out. New Zealand is really a small island. I mean, you could walk across it. But you're not allowed to leave New Zealand, according to this broad. Well, she was talk was she went on a radio program in us in New Zealand and the the interviewer talked to her about this well <laughs> this unraveled very quickly let's listen to it for example so we would have to apply to have like approved events to be able to fly for well that's one thing that you could look at doing am i allowed to go to fiji is that necessary in the current climate crisis, I don't think that that's necessary. When was the last time you were on a plane? Mm, I'm not sure. Maybe a few months ago, to be honest. Where'd you go? Fiji. Izzy! <laughs> Izzy! Don't you care about the climate, Izzy? Of course I care about the climate. Not enough. You went to... <laughs> you went to Fiji. <laughs> Izzy, come on, Maze. Are you serious? <laughs> Are you serious, Izzy? No, it's you, pretty ironic. So it is pretty ironic, but to be honest, it's not really a trip that I wanted to go on, but I can't really get out of it. Why'd you go? Why'd you go? My parents wanted to go. Izzy. They didn't want to go. How, are you embarrassed that your parents did that to the planet and then forced you to do it as well? Of course I'm not embarrassed. Did you did have you a terrible time? Not really. I didn't have to do 
this is typical leftism. This is typical stuff. This is this the elitism of these people. They, they think they're elites. Do as I say. Don't do as I do. That's look at the Biden administration. Look at the whole masking thing. It's the same bloody thing with these people. Okay, so let's go. Let's go on here. It was kind of funny clip here. So let's talk about Iran. Um, this is this is going to be something that really will weaken their presence in the world and may weaken their theocratic government because people in Iran are just about sick of this whole stuff that's going on over there. On September 15th, a woman named Mahasha Amini was arrested by the Iranian morality police for wearing her hijab too loosely. Okay, now in Iran, you have to wear a hijab. A lot of people are protesting this stuff. So she wore, she didn't, it wasn't like she wasn't wearing it. She wasn't wearing it correctly. While in jail, the police beat and tortured her and she died. Now, initially the government said it was a heart attack. And, but then when, when the body was released, the body was obviously beaten. There was no question. Protests have erupted throughout the country. Uh, many fighting for women's rights, but also the right to be free of this theocratic government that the Iranians have set up. The government has responded, as every tyrannical government does. They started arresting people. They started shooting people. They're, they've shut off the internet. They have uh, censored any information that goes in and out. The In response, Antony Blinken on Twitter, he the Secretary of State, he tweeted out to Elon Musk, A, turn on Starlink system to allow the Iranians to have internet access. And, like Elon Musk does, that's exactly what he did. He turned it on. Now, Starlink is a low-flying satellite communication system that allows free internet to areas that require it. Uh, it was part. It's part of the SpaceX system, so it's not Tesla. It's part of SpaceX. It's been used twice before. It was used in Cuba during the riots in Cuba, and it was also it's used currently in Ukraine. Elon Musk turned on the system over Iran. Um, but the big but the big question is, okay, with all these human rights, and we're talking, people are in the streets. They're burning things down. It's a real riot over there. And the police, the morality police and all the other, the Revolutionary Guard, I think, is the main group that's going at it. At it. And the Revolutionary Guard is the Ayatollah Khomeini's uh, private police force. You, could, you tell right off the bat that that's a big problem, that the, the government, the government which is supposed to be a parliament, it's not... The Ayatollah is running it, not the Prime Minister. That the government, had, that the part of the government, the religious part of the government actually has its own police force. So that's that's kind of scary. Yeah, they're shooting people. They're just reaching out, they're telling people to get away, and they're shooting people. You know what's, what's not happening? What's not happening is the people are going away. They are actually chasing the Revolutionary Guard. So, it's really interesting. And so the big question comes, is the United States, with all of these human rights violations, still going to go into this, this <coughs> Iran deal? Which, by the way, Iran, let's, let's go over it real quick. They're supporting a proxy war in Yemen. 
they're arming Hezbollah and the Islamic Jihad in in the uh, Palestinian territories in Israel. They are helping Bashar al-Assad suppress his people in Syria. And now they're bombing Ukrainians to help Russia out. So we're talking this is not a very good country. I wouldn't trust them. Well, they've lied about everything. They already probably have a nuclear weapon. Oh, did I mention they're also allies with Russia and China? I did mention Russia, but they're also allies with China. The question came up, are we still going to go into this into this uh, nuclear deal? It was asked of Jake Sullivan, who is the national security advisor for for uh, national security advisor for the Biden administration. Uh, he was asked by George Stephanopoulos on Sunday. So let, let's hear his answer and it's it's a typical answer that you expect from a Biden a Biden appointee. Here he is. Some Republicans in Congress have said the crackdown on the protests are reason enough to walk away from the Iran nuclear talks. Is it time to walk away? Well, first, George, let me just say that the fact that we are in nuclear talks is in no way slowing us down from speaking out and acting on behalf of the people of Iran. Uh, We're not going to slow down one inch in our defense and advocacy for the rights of the women and citizens of Iran. But at the same time, at the height of the Cold War, at the very moment that Ronald Reagan was calling the Soviet Union an evil empire, he was also engaged in arms control talks because he knew that on the one hand, we had to push back vigorously against the repression and violations of human rights of the Soviet Union. And at the same time, we had to protect and defend the security of ourselves, our allies, and our partners. The same thing is true with respect to making sure that Iran never gets a nuclear weapon that they can threaten the world with. And to do that, we believe diplomacy is the best option. Okay, that's a lot of words for no, we're not. We're going to continue to do it. Well, here's the here's the thing with the Reagan statement. Well, he was negotiating with uh, the Soviet Union when we was calling him an evil. Yes, he was. He was negotiating. They were negotiating with the Soviet Union, but they wouldn't have given the Soviet Union anything. They were never going to open up and and hand them a billion dollars like the Biden administration wants to do and like the Obama administration did, especially when lying. So to sit there and compare this to Reagan, you're an idiot. Because right now, the only good news here about the whole thing, Iran is asking for the, the, the whole ship. They're asking for the whole farm. They continue. That's why this, this deal hasn't been signed yet. Is that Iran, they keep saying, oh, well, we want this too, and we want that too. By the way, we're getting nothing out of this deal. Even countries like Germany and France are, are thinking that Iran is asking for a bit too much. And they're being a bit too demanding. So I kind of doubt this this thing is going to is going to happen at all. Anyway, the United States condemned the morality police. In a statement, the US Department of the Treasury Office of Foreign Assets Control, OFAC, uh, said in a statement, quote, "Today, the US Department of the Treasury Office, OFAC, is des- designating Iran's morality police for abuse and violence against Iranian women and the violation of the rights of peaceful Iranian protesters. The morality police are responsible for the recent death of 22-year-old Mahasa Amini, who was arrested and detained for allegedly wearing her hijab improperly. 
OFAC is also targeting seven senior leaders of the Iran's security organizations, the Morality Police, the Ministry of Intelligence and Security, the Army's Ground Forces, Bajaj, Resistant Forces, and Law Enforcement Forces. These officials oversee organizations that routinely employ violence to suppress peaceful protesters and members of the Iranian civil society political dissidents, women's rights activists, and members of the Iranian Banai community. Okay? So they're basically going to put sanctions. Big deal. Who cares? How about getting out of this deal, stop handing them money, and dump a crap ton of sanctions on them? Maybe that would have a little bit more impact. What do you think? I mean, it seemed to work when Trump did it. Now, here's the thing with Iran. Their, Their society is very rickety. Believe it or not, uh, most people over there have been westernized. They're like the they like the West, and they like our culture. They are a TikTok generation over there. The youth are getting rebellious, and they are the majority. Whereas the theocracy is sick and old. Even the Ayatollahs' health has been questioned here, and they don't know where this is going to go. If they don't know where this is going to go, if the Ayatollah dies, whether the government will continue on the way it is or whether they, they will just replace it with parliament. Again, parliament over there is very weak. The, the, it, is, it is the Ayatollah that has all the power. He's running the place. I think um, the United States government needs to, to put more pressure on them and just let that let that government fall because it's it's looking like it it could fall pretty soon and you know during the arab spring they barely survived the government barely survived and then when biden took over boom he's starting giving them money and supporting them again and taking them off terrorist lists and it's just incredible how bad the biden administration is at foreign policy so in another example of how the DOJ and the FBI are being weaponized, uh, a raid was conducted at the house of a pro-life conservative and author named Mark Hauk. Now Mark Hauk is a runs a nonprofit group that provides sidewalk pregnancy counseling for pregnant women in front of abortion clinics. A couple of years ago, he was working in front of this is this is what this is what happened, okay? A couple of years ago, he was working in front of a, an abortion clinic with his 12-year-old son. A pro-abortion activist started yelling at his 12-year-old kid. So he ended so he ended, he said whatever, and he walked away with the son. And then the pro-abortion activist continued following him and was continued to harass the son. So he, of course, being the man he is, put the son behind him and pushed the activist. The activist fell to the ground. No injuries. Nothing Nothing happened. It was a push. The activist sued Hauk, and this summer, a judge dropped all charges. So, for some reason, which isn't clear, the DOJ decided to get involved in this. And they decided to arrest him, basically for, I, I'd have to look up, let me see, hold on. Well, I can't find it. But it, it's, it's a, he, basically the DOJ is going after him for a 1994 law that was passed by the federal government 
which prevents people from blocking access to abortion clinics or any medical treatment facility, which it sounds like that's not what happened. It sounds like they were walking away and a judge obviously found it not a thing and and dropped the case. So needless to say, the FBI overreacted big time. Now this guy had a lawyer. All the FBI had to do was send him a send the uh, subpoena, send the what do they call it warrant to the lawyer, and the guy probably would have just turned himself in. But no, the DOJ sent 25 to 30 FBI fully armored and armed FBI agents. They walked into the house with guns drawn. This Hauk guy has seven kids. All the kids are screaming bloody murder, which according to the wife, uh, she said that's really pulled the heartstrings of the FBI agents. And so they, they lowered their weapons and they calmed down a little bit. And they arrested him. Now this guy, because he violated that act, that act is facing 11 years in prison for something, to be honest with you, really isn't a thing. This is a local law enforcement issue and the local law enforcement dealt with it and they dropped it. Why the federal government is going... Well, we know why the federal government's going after, going after this guy. He's pro-life. He, he tries to counsel people into not getting abortions. He's written a book about uh, being anti-abortion. And he is... Uh, he's Christian. He's Catholic, actually. Very Catholic. So we can't have, and he runs a he runs a nonprofit. So we can't have that. The Biden administration can't have that. The FBI is becoming Biden's SS. And then you, you we should all worry about this because Biden is now hiring eighty nine thousand additional IRS agents. Some of them will be armed. I mean, this is the DOJ is just basically become his pit bull. This should scare everyone. This guy is not a well-known guy. And they went after him. For no apparent reason either. I don't think he's going to serve any time in jail. But how long is it going to be before the courts start doing this? We start having... We already talk about kangaroo court all the time. When is it... We're going to end up exactly like that. Okay, so let's California. Let's go with this one. Of course, California's at it again. Um, I, I just I, I'm amazed at how basic economics is not understood by politicians. So according to the Daily Wire, quote: Some residents of California are slated to receive inflation relief checks of more than a thousand dollars in the coming weeks. Married individuals earning under 150000 and taking care of dependents are eligible to receive a check of $1,050, according to the website from the California Franchise Tax Board, with benefits falling by income bracket before reaching $400 for couples who earn $250,000 and $500,000. Singles earning more than $250,000 or couples earning more than $500,000 are not eligible. Quote, we enacted the most comprehensive economic stimulus program in the nation's last year, getting billions in immediate relief to millions of Californians. But 
Many folks are still struggling, especially with the high costs due to inflation. So we're leveraging this historic surplus to get money back into the pockets of Californians. Governor Gavin Newsom said uh, in a statement earlier this year, the the inflation relief package will help offset the higher costs of Californians are facing right now and provide support for those still recovering from the pandemic. Now, I want to point out, um, the reason we are going through inflation right now is because the government had been handing out money for the last two years during the pandemic. This is why people are not going back to work. This is why things have gone up in price. So in California, be prepared to pay $22 for a hamburger. Mind you, a hamburger without cheese. Because these idiots are now going to give you more money and your inflation is going to go up again. Uh, just, just absolutely incredible. Uh, in other California news, because California is what they are, um, California Democratic Governor Gavin Newsom signed a package of bills related to undocumented residents last week that includes approval of state identification for migrants in the, uh, in the state. Newsom signed the bill, AB 1766, that directs California's Department of Motor Vehicles, DMV, to issue restricted identification cards to eligible participants by no later than July 1, 2027. California is expanding opportunity for everyone, regardless of immigration status, Newsom said in a statement. We're a state, a majority-minority state, where 27% of us are immigrants. That's why I'm proud to announce the signing of today's bill to further support the immigrant community, which makes our state stronger every single day. Of course, um, there is, as far as I'm concerned, Abbott and uh, DeSantis and the character from Arizona, they should just send busloads busloads of illegal aliens to the governor's mansion. Just park it right in front and dump them out there. I mean, that's what they're doing. Biden's mansion now is littered with uh, illegal immigrants because they're dropping them. Illegal aliens. Why do I keep calling them immigrants? Because uh, the illegal. Because Biden's not doing anything about the border. But why is he doing this? What's the point? I mean, illegal aliens can now get driver's licenses in California, and that's what Josie pointed out. Well, why IDs? Because not all illegal aliens drive. But every illegal alien needs an ID. And why do do want all illegal aliens have IDs or driver's licenses? To vote. See, here's the thing. When you go to the DMV for whatever you, you're doing, an ID or a driver's license, you're autom- as a citizen, you're automatically registered to vote. The kicker is the paperwork for the ID that an American citizen tries to get and the ID that an illegal alien tries to fill out, or even a legal resident alien, it's the, it look, the form looks the same. There has been a substantial error rate when it comes to registering illegal aliens and resident aliens. Because the, let's face it, the DMV doesn't do their job well. So that's really where this thing is heading is to get illegal aliens to vote because they automatically think they're going to vote for Democrats. In other news in California, oh, there's so much. 
Uh, California signed into law a bill that allows a person who has died to be composted. So basically what they do with this is you, you, if you sign up to be composted when you die, they stick you in a, a coffin that doesn't have a lot of, uh, that doesn't have any, it isn't, it isn't secured. There are holes in it. Um, it's not airtight. Okay. And what ends up happening is the body starts to rot. As the body starts to rot, it melds into the, into the, because the, the coffin is actually going to start rotting too. It will, your body will become part of the dirt and then grass and trees and crap will start growing. Okay. Um, I think this is kind of a weird thing. I don't have any real problems with it except for this. There's a reason we don't take roadkill and bury it in parks. It's a sanitation thing. It's a sanitary thing. It's not necessarily because the body, or, you know, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, and stuff like that. We usually burn roadkill. Well, what's the next law? We're going to pick up roadkill and we're going to start burying it in parks? Well, I guess you have to watch your step next time you walk through a cemetery because you'll be walking over Aunt B. Okay, and, and this is the last story. And this one's this one's pretty gross, but I'm pretty sure it's it might be popular. According to the New York Post, it's the perfect gift for millennials who lack a lot of lays. If they can't get in the sack, they can get into the stack. A chip company that purports to cater to sex-starved 30-somethings boasts a new flavor that supposedly tastes like a woman's vajayjay. That's right, vagina. They're making a chip that tastes like a vagina. After tasting it, you will remember your wildest love adventures, your first real love, and maybe even lose your oral virginity, reps for Chaz, a Lithuania-based creators of the private parroting potato chip claim on their site. Dubbed P-word flavored potato chips, the kinky creations are inspired by a purported generation-wide sex drought among millennials who allegedly prefer pursuing social media to get saucy in the sack. Okay, um, this is just gross. I, 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 I don't know. Could you, um, I'm, I'm, first off, I'm going to be skeptical skeptical that you're going to be able to make a potato, potato chip that tastes like vajayjay, whatever he actually called it. Um, but I, I, that, just the thought, and then to create the taste that's going to create the level of catharsis that they the company wants to create with the people, I just don't know. I'm sure it'll be in America. It'll be the next one chip challenge, right? Except this time you get a venereal disease <laughs> instead of <coughs> a burnt mouth and a uh, uh, a uh, stomach ulcer. I don't know. That's kind of weird. Uh, take a look at that. Okay, uh, so go visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. Uh, if you happen to be of the Jewish persuasion, happy Rosh Hashanah. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs>